I really hope you were listening to the lyrics that Jen was singing, and I didn't tell her what my sermon title was, but uh, the title of my message is, Our Eyes Are On You. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? And I don't think that's luck or coincidence, by the way, because I don't believe in that stuff. Uh, So I think God has something he wants to say to all of us today. And uh, I'm going to take you to, I I got a lot of scripture to read. Is that okay? Okay. Your favorite team's not playing today. My favorite team's not playing today. So let's all just, you know, we'll, we'll just be there for each other. Uh, so, so, um, I've got a lot to say today from second Chronicles chapter 20. And so I want to give you time to find that it's in the old Testament towards, towards like the first third of the book. And, uh, want to give you a chance to, uh, to turn there. We're, we're going to look at the, <laughs> at a, a situation that occurred uh, with a godly king, okay? Uh, there was a godly king by the name of Jehoshaphat. Believe it or not, that is a name in the Bible, in case you did not know. King Jehoshaphat. And he uh, was a man who sought the Lord, he trusted the Lord, and God had made him the king over God's people in Judah, okay? There was a situation that took place where a number of armies... Okay, and I'm kind of setting the stage because you're going to hear a lot of uh, names of people and places and words that you probably can't pronounce, and I'm going to pretend I can pronounce just because that's what I do. And and uh, but but what's going on is that you've got armies from all of these different countries that are coming against Jehoshaphat and the people of God. There was a battle that it looked like was about to ensue. And we're going to learn today. We're going to learn today from the desperate prayer of a godly king how to keep our eyes focused spiritually on the Lord in the midst of a battle, in the midst of a conflict, in the midst of a difficult time. And I know that we have people here today in this room and watching us online. That has been your life recently. You're going through some difficulty. You're going through some battle. And so I believe that the timing of everything in this service today is absolutely, absolutely perfect. And that's how God does it. Amen? So if you're able to, I'm going to read this scripture here, and I'd love for you to stand with me in honor of God's word, only if you're able to. And we are going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting in verse 1 and going to verse 29, okay? And if you don't have your Bible, you could follow along in the scriptures that are on the screen as well, okay? Y'all ready? Okay, how about the rest of you? Y'all ready? Okay, good. All right. Here we go. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Mennonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. 
It's already in the Hezazan Tamar. That is, remember those words that I was going to pretend I knew how to pronounce? Exhibit A. Verse 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. When Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who's in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God did not drive out all the inhabitants before your people Israel and and forever give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. They lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress. You will hear us and save us. But now, here are men from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came to Egypt, so they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they're repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as our inheritance? Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Look at this part. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, God, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord came, about, came on Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of all these guys. At verse 15, and he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul, and you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohatites and the Kohatites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Your faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord, get this, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab, and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. 
And when the men came to the place that overlooks the desert toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder. And they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Baraka where they praised the Lord, and that's why it's called the Valley of Baraka to this day. Then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. And the fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. We don't know what to do. But God, our eyes are on you. Jesus, I pray now that your word, we've read a lot, Lord God, but I think you have a lot to say. We, we, we ask you that your word would come alive in every single person here that's listening to this and touch us some way, shape, or form, Lord God. We, we may not know what to do, but Lord, show us how we can keep our eyes on you. And I'll thank you. I'll thank you, Jesus, in your name. And we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. We don't know what to do. But Lord, our eyes are on you. Now this, I know, is somewhat of an obscure story, correct? It's a, it's a different kind of story. Probably not one that a lot of us, if we've grown up in church, and not all of us have, but if we have, this one probably didn't make the, uh, the uh, flannel board, which uh, would have been interesting. But uh, you know, this is not one of the normal Old Testament stories. But wow, does this story pack a punch. This isn't one of the stories that we're familiar with, but wow, is it powerful. Verse 12 is our key verse here today. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. You see, Jehoshaphat was facing this huge threat. Jehoshaphat was facing what seemed to be insurmountable odds. And it did not look good. Understand that these were very fortified armies that were coming against the people of God. And the king Jehoshaphat could have turned his thoughts and his attention and his mind to the enemy, to the battle itself. He could have turned to his own resources and everything that he could do. He could have just squared up and said, well, I could probably take two of them. That's not enough. I've, 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 got some, I've got some people that have faced some victories before, God, but, but th- this, this, this battle is huge. This threat is huge. Well, I, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And that's a profound thing to say. You receive that diagnosis. Your job situation gets turned on its head. Huge crisis in your family. 
the list can go on. And for each person here, that threat could vary probably as much as the amount of armies that were coming against God's people all at one time in this king. And you find yourself praying this prayer, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And if you're a type A control freak like me, that's hard to say. Because I don't like saying that. I don't like not being in control. I don't like not having a plan. And sometimes we're put in that position where we don't know what to do. And mind you, the king didn't do anything wrong. It's not like that they, the people of God sinned and so God was judging them. This was just an attack. I believe I'm talking to some people today who you're facing a battle. You're facing an attack. You're facing a threat. And it's not because you did something wrong. It's not because you were in disobedience to God. Sometimes difficult things happen to godly people. This church in particular lately has gone through that in many, many cases where we just don't know what to do. But God, I'll keep my eyes on you. The question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we keep our eyes on the Lord when we don't know what to do? See, because I I will tell you, for some of us, this verse is, is the bridge that you need to cross. Because some people have taken their eyes off of God and they've directed their eyes at the battle, at the threat, at the circumstance, at the anger, at something else beside God. So how do we do this? How do we live this out? We say, God, my eyes are on you. (laughs) And in the back of our mind, we're like, I hope so. So how do we live this out? I want to show you. I have several points to give you. I'm not going to tell you how many. 24. No, I'm kidding. So I've trimmed it down. But I uh, I think we can learn a lot. Here's the first one. Number one. Listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. We're going to go back and look at different parts of the story to help show you how Jehoshaphat did just these things. And here we have this scene where... And by the way, could you imagine... Could you imagine... I mean, hey, leader of ours, help us through this crisis. Say a profound prayer. Oh, God, I don't know what to do. But then they hear direction from the Lord. It's in verses 14 and 15. Take a look. Then the Spirit of God came on Jehaziel, who is this guy, This guy's a prophet. He's a spokesperson 
that God is using to be a go-between between him, God, and the people of God, including the king. Okay? So God speaks through Jehaziel. Now today, we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, Ephesians 4 says. And we also have the Holy Spirit. And we also have the Word of God. But I'm jumping ahead. So the Spirit of God came upon Jehaziel, and we have his whole bloodline to him. As he stood in the assembly, look at the next verse. He says this, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Our eyes, your eyes are on the Lord when you're willing to hear what God has to say about your situation. I've met too many people who assume that they know what God thinks because they're going through a tough time. Well, he must not love me. Oh, he must not care. He has given up on me. He's not hearing my prayers. And we're throwing out all these lies and these untruths about God when God wants to speak to us and say, this is what I have to say about that. In fact, this is the question I think that we should ask every time the battle comes, every time the attack is about to take place or you're in the midst of this, it is so healthy to ask this question. What does God have to say about this? What does God have to say about this? Because I promise you, the enemy will breathe his lies to you and try to get you to doubt what his word has to say, get you to doubt the character of Jesus Christ. The enemy will try to fill your head and fill your mind with the wrong stuff. And when the battle comes, how many of you know what I'm talking about here? Your mind will all of a sudden go to a place that it has no business going to. Your thinking will go to a place that your thinking should never go to. And the question to ask when the battle comes, okay, what does God have to say about this? Where do we get that? We get it from the Word of God. You don't have to call an 800 number and get your prophecy for today. You don't have to turn on Christian TV. You can find out today what God has to say about your situation. You can look into the Word of God. You can find out that He is my refuge and He's my strength, that He can meet every one of my needs, that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, that He is my refuge and He is my strength, and He is a very present help in times of trouble, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous can run to that name and they can be safe over and over and over and over again. I have promises that speak to the situation that I am in. What does God have to say? Jehoshaphat and the people of God had to hear from God. When the attack is coming, when the battle is there, when the battle's raging, you have got to hear from God. Don't distance yourself from church. Don't distance yourself from God's people. Don't distance yourself from prayer and the word of God. This is a time that you are vulnerable, whether you want to admit it or not. This is a time that you need to hear from God. And the Lord, I promise you, has something to say in the midst of this battle. Let me wrap up this one point, not the sermon. Don't get excited. Some of you were like... I'm reminded when Jesus said... Come unto me, all you who are weak, weary, and burdened, heavy laden, 
I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and take my yoke upon you and what? And learn of me. Every battle I've been through and in, there was something for me to learn from it. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. The enemy's trying to destroy you, but God will use this opportunity to take what the enemy meant for evil and he will turn it to good and he'll show you what he's really all about. Can somebody say amen? That's number one. I got to hurry. Number two. First of all, we said what? What did we say? Huh? Listen to the Lord. Very good. All right. Y'all need to learn from that side. There? Just kidding. Had a girl. Number two. Number two. Don't be discouraged. Listen to the Lord. Number two, don't be discouraged. Well, easy for you to say, Pastor. You're not going through it. I get it. A couple Wednesdays ago, we started our Bible study on the book of James. I encourage you to come on Wednesdays. James kicks off the letter by saying, Hey, rejoice when you go through trials. Woo! Yeah. It almost sounds like a... Like a like a paradox, doesn't it? It sounds like that's crazy thinking. But when the people of God heard from the Spirit of God through Benaniah, this is what they heard. Verse 15, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And then verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Then he says it again. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face him tomorrow. And the Lord will be with you. Two times, the people of God get this instruction. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Why is this important? Is, is it just so that you keep your emotions together, keep your emotions in check? That's not what it's about. It might have a part of it, but that's not really what this is about. Discouragement and fear will often move our eyes off of Jesus and put our eyes on the situation. Look at the screen. Discouragement and fear will often move your eyes off of God and on the battle. 
And then our focus is no longer on what God can do or what he will do or who he is or how much he loves me. Our focus is how great this attack is and how huge this threat is and how overwhelming it seems and how seemingly insurmountable it is. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my attention hasn't been on God for quite some time because I have been more focused on the battle because I'm scared to death and I'm discouraged. This is the time to know who your God is. He created you. He created your children. He's in charge of it. He, he owns this whole earth. You think he can't meet your need? He can meet your need. He created you. He can heal your body. He created your family. He can bring you together. Now, he might have to work on your family, some of you know, some of you got family members that I'm talking about. I've got one. Hasn't talked to me in years. And, and, and I'm like, God, somehow. Somehow. God can do it. And the more my confidence, and this is not just some blind, goofy faith, okay? But the more I'm confident in my God, the more that confidence increases, my fear, my discouragement decreases. Now, for some of us, this is a journey that God has to take us on. But don't fear. Don't be discouraged. God's got this. God's got this. Number three, watch God work. (laughs) May I say for some of us, this might be the biggest challenge. God, here's my threat. Here's my need. Now, let's see how I can mess this up. And, and, and I'm not saying that God might work through you, okay? Because there was something, you're going to see, there was some involvement on the part of the people of God. But it was not what they would have expected, It was not normal. Look what God told them to do. Look again at verse 17. I know we read it already, but I want to look at it again. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Time out. That's it? Like, I was wondering what arrows we should bring. The red ones or the blue ones? And, and catapult, we need catapults, God. We do. And we need all the big guys to be in the front because they could block us athletic little guys. It, it, that, that's, that's not, God didn't tell them to even bring a sword. He just said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take up your positions. I want you to stand firm and I want you to see what the Lord does here. Go out and face them tomorrow with no sword. Perfect. And the Lord will be with you. Let's continue. Look how this plays out. As they began to sing and praise, I'll get to that later. The Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. 
and they were defeated. How'd you do that? We sang, How Great Is Our God. No, what, what sword did you use? Key of A. Keep going. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. So this merger isn't going very well. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, then they helped destroy one another. This attack is seriously lacking people skills. Would you agree with me? Hey, let's combine our forces and go after the people of God. Okay, Barney. Surprise. I don't think Barney is like a Jewish name, but I threw it out there. If your name's Barney, I apologize. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one escaped. Did I mention that the battle is the Lord's, not yours? The battle is the Lord's. Can you, can you imagine? Can, can you imagine? Some, I mean, the, 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 if you don't know me, I'm a little sarcastic at times. So the, the sarcastic person in me would be like, all right, well, we're going to die. And I'm marching to take my position, okay? Oh, and don't tell me that you wouldn't think the same thing. Just like, I don't even have a sword, and I'm pretty good with that thing. And we're just, we're singing like King Jehoshaphat's favorite five choruses. It's just like, what is going on here? It's like our last song. And then, then they get, they get to, the, to the peak of the mountain, of the hill, and they say, okay, where are they at? Well, they must be napping. No, they're dead. They're all, they're all dead. That battle, when I did things God's way, was not a battle anymore because God took care of it. Let me remind you regarding the battle. Don't try to take ownership in something that God owns already. Now again, the people of God, they still had to obey. I imagine if they all sprinted out there with their guns ablazing, it's like, let's get up. That might have messed things up, but, but God somehow, some way, caused an ambush for this set and then caused these guys to go against these guys who were supposed to get those guys and they're just and they're attacking each other and then oh, now what do we do let's kill each other and then all of a sudden and 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 they didn't have to do a thing lord this is the situation that i'm in i should be doing something 
what do I do? Okay, this is what you do. God, I don't think that's enough. Have you ever told God that? You mean just pray? Yeah. And he might tell you to do something else. Maybe he'll tell you to say sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. God, just kill him. Like those guys. And, and God might say, well, I want you to trust me. And you might think that this is weakness. It's not. It's not. I've learned, as hard as it is for me sometimes, at all times, do things God's way. And he'll take care of the consequences of that. He'll take care of that. Next, give him glory. Give him glory. You ever see an answer that was so obviously God that there was no way you could take credit for that? Even if somebody tried to puff you up. Wow, you are so spiritual. You have no idea. You have no idea. I thought I was going to die on the fourth chorus. Really? Wow. How'd you do it? God did it. And when God does that, we should be willing to give him our worship and our praise. Look at verses 18 through 21. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some of the Levites from the Kohatites and the Kohatites and, and, and the Mosquitoites, they stood up. <laughs> they... <laughs> They stood up and they praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem, have faith in God and the Lord your God. You will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you'll be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Jehoshaphat consulted and found his worshipers before he found his warriors. He found his worshipers before he found his warriors. After consulting them, He appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. And then, see, I, verse 22, look how it starts. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set the ambushes. The Lord did all this crazy answering. Not as they began to fight. Not as they did anything. As they began to praise. Listen to me. Do not underestimate the power behind your praise. 
Don't underestimate the power behind your praise. It's not just a couple fast ones and a couple slow ones. It's not just us getting up here trying to get four songs correct so that you'll enjoy yourself. In fact, we're not. In fact, we don't even sing these songs for you. Did you know that? We actually sing these for God. It's about, it's about engaging the Holy Spirit. And there's something that takes place in the heavenlies. And we see it all through Scripture. That when God's people praise and when God's people worship, and that's why this dynamic is so important, but you don't have to be led by a band in order to praise the Lord. You could do it in your car. You could do it in your house. You could do it wherever you might find yourself. There is power in praising Jesus. As the people sang, God did the supernatural. When God's people praise, there is supernatural activity taking place. Don't underestimate the power of your praise. That's why our song service on a Sunday morning is so important. That's why our song service on a Wednesday is so important. That's why your personal and private worship of God is so important. Because something takes place in the heavenlies when God's people worship. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And if you know me, that means nothing. Number five, it does. Receive the reward. Receive the reward. Okay. Whoo! So we didn't have to even sling a sword. All we did was sing. And, and wow, God took care of it. And now look at verse 25. Here's what follows after their obedience, after the victory. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days for all those people to collect it. See, this is where the enemy often finds his greatest defeat. Oh, come on. You see, it's bad enough for him that he wasn't able to destroy you. Now, God's not only going to protect you and answer your prayer, but now there is a blessing that comes with the obedience to Jesus Christ. And no way they expected that. They're just trying not to die. Okay? They're not like, oh God, I know if you get us through this, we're going to get a lot of stuff. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, God, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. And God says, watch me. And there was so much plunder. There was so much. It took all of these people three solid days just to haul it in. That's the blessing of God. The Lord will take what the enemy meant for evil, the very devices that the armies wanted to use against them, God will take what was meant for evil and turn it around for good. Could it be that that relationship that has been damaged by this attack that's taken place after God moves, 
that relationship may be stronger than it's ever been? Could it be that you could find yourself not more callous, but more strong as a result of going through this battle with the Lord's help? Could it be that God wants to somehow bless your family in a way, or you, or your job, or your situation, or your ministry, or your church in a way that you don't expect Just because you obeyed him and let him fight the battle for you, could it be that there is a blessing in store for you as a result of your faithfulness to him? I say yes. No way they expected that when they heard about the threat, but God took care of them. And I promise this is the last one. Did I tell you I had a lot to say to you today? Share your story. Share your story. Ralph, would you be able to help me? Share your story. Some of us would have stopped at the whole plunder thing. Look at the blessings I got. And that's good. But your story doesn't stop there. Not by a long shot. Because look what happened in verse 29. Verse 29 said, The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms. And when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies, and they, uh, when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, Great great fear came on the surrounding kingdoms. Translated, we do not mess with those people. Anybody ever have a bully in your neighborhood? How many of you were the bully in the neighborhood? It was fun. We had this guy on 20th Street. That's where we lived. Anderson boys, all three of us, we lived on 20th Street. And Eugene, that was his name. And if your name is Eugene, it's all good. We're good here, okay? You're not going to trigger me or anything. But he was picking on my little brother. I didn't appreciate that. Constantly picking on him. Well... Us Anderson boys grew up really enjoying watching professional wrestling when we were kids. Various moves demonstrated by the Crusher, Dick the Bruiser, Baron Von Raschke, the Master of the Iron Claw, and the Clothesline, which we thought was just the best move. So one time Eugene's doing this thing again to my brothers and I said, that's it. So my brother Matt and me, we saw Eugene. (laughs) I shouldn't tell this story. (laughs) But I'm gonna. Eugene's riding his bike down the sidewalk. And we didn't even plan this out. We just knew. So as he got closer, Matt and I Joined hands and just, just 
clothesline Eugene <laughs> on his big old, sorry, on his big old backside. <laughs> the guitar stopped. We took him out. Don't awe. He was like 10 years older than us. He was a bully. He had it coming. And he's crying all the way home, taking it. Yeah, yeah, Eugene. And I guarantee you, even though he lived about eight houses down, he never rode his bike in front of 503 West 20th Street. Because the Anderson boys said, you don't mess with the Anderson boys. Now, I'm not proud of that. (laughs) That's not true. I'm really, I'm super proud of that. But the point of this very funny story is to beat people up. No, I'm not saying that at all. And we probably could have handled that in a much more proactive way, but it felt good at the time. But what, what happened was Eugene knew, if I even mess with the Anderson boys, there's going to be trouble. That's the message you got. The kingdoms around God's people, after what took place in this story, they're like, whoo, it's a suicide mission if we mess with them. And news spread, not about how tough the Anderson boys were, not about how tough those people were, but news spread. Look at the wording of that verse again. The fear of God came on them. The kingdoms around them, understand this, they knew that those people's God, he was legit. He's real. He is real. Do you know what? There are people that are in the kingdoms around you that are watching you experience the attack that you're experiencing. And I promise you, they're waiting to see if you're going to give up on your God. They're waiting to see if you're still going to be obedient to your God. They're waiting to see how you will react to your God when the fires get a little bit hotter and things get a little bit tougher. And when God brings you out, you have got to believe me when I tell you that your neighbor and your friend and your fellow students and your co-workers and these people that you engage with online, they will see that your God is real, that your God is legit, and there is something about your faith after all. It's not just some Sunday thing that they do in the mornings. This is real stuff. And could it be, could it be that God has somebody in your world for them to experience the truth of who he is. And he will do that as you allow God to fight your battle. Those who are around us, they need to know what the Lord's done for us. God healed me. Don't, don't hoard it all for yourself. Don't keep it, don't keep it private. God did this. God delivered me from addiction. God set me free. God gave me this job. God helped me. God gave me peace. God healed my body. Wait, what? what? God, we prayed. God healed it. I don't even know how to tell you he did it. All I know is it was his battle. I prayed. He did it. There you go. How do they argue with that? 
share your story. I got a feeling that there may be some people in Jehoshaphat's shoes today. Sandals. (laughs) And you might find yourself saying, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This crisis I'm in, this battle that I'm in, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but this one thing I'll do, I will keep my eyes on you. Well, let's not allow that to be just some cliche. Maybe God is saying something to you. Maybe it's time to praise your God like you've never praised him before. Maybe you need to stop trying to take his place and it's time to say, okay, God, I'm going to watch you work. I'm going to let you fight the battle. I'm going to pray. I'll do everything you tell me to do, God, and nothing more. I will do, <laughs> I will do everything you tell me to do, God, and nothing more. For some of you, that's a very easy prayer. For some of you, it's a very difficult prayer. It's one of the more difficult prayers I could ever pray. I don't know what to do. But God, my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. Will you stand with me? I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. In fact, maybe, maybe you just want to find a place to pray in this room. Maybe you want to come to this altar and you, and you want to pray. Maybe you want to kneel at your seat, but I, I got a feeling that there might be some people that are even watching this online and some people that are in person here. You'll say, God, I don't know what to do about this situation. I really don't know. And God says, that's perfect. Just watch me work. Just watch me work. Just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. Just watch me. Just watch me. God, what do you have to say to me? Maybe you just need to get alone with God and don't say a word. Maybe you just need his Holy Spirit to speak to you today. I don't know what you need, but this one thing I know. We could stand and obey God and watch him fight the battle for us. We may not even know how he's going to do it, but we have confidence that he'll get it done and he'll get it done right. Can you say amen? So if you need to pray, I want to challenge you to do so When I say amen, find a place to pray. And maybe you just want to pray that desperate prayer. God, I don't know what to do, but God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I promise you this. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Lord Jesus, I ask you now that you'd meet with your people. God, we may not know what to do. God, we hate being in that position. We don't want it. We don't crave it. But here we are, Lord God. Lord, maybe you have something to say to us. So God, may our spiritual ears be open to your word and to the leading of your spirit. God, perhaps you want to do something in us or through us. God, it might be hard just to let you work, but God, I ask you that you would do so. And Lord, give us the faith just to watch you do your thing, to put our families back together, to meet our needs, to touch our workplace, to touch our finances, to heal those relationships. God, whatever the case is, we commit it to you. And we pray, Lord God, that we would just stand and know that the battle is the Lord's. And we will watch you, Lord God. And we will trust in you, Lord God. And Lord, whatever blessing comes from that, we refuse to do this just to get a blessing. But God, I pray that the people around us would know that our faith in you is real. And our 
God that we serve is legit. So Lord God, have your way in the hearts and in the lives of every person who might be praying this prayer. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Meet us, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. Be careful going home. God bless you. But let's make this a place of prayer in this place here.